The text is from Psalm 16. So I'll read Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. So our text is tiny. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. It's so tiny that I want to take it word by word. And so I'm going to do what I call, I don't know if there's a word for this or a term for this, but I will call it rolling emphasis. And so what it means is that as we roll through this text, we'll emphasize each word in turn and then try to figure out what exactly God is telling us by emphasizing this word. So first, let me reread the whole thing again. It's Psalm 16:8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. So we start with I. And I can remember in school being told to stop starting sentences with I because it makes you sound so self-centered and egocentric. And yet, a lot of the Psalms, I note, start with I. And it's not in an egocentric way. But the fact is, is that we are one and many. And that one is important. You are important to God. And so when David proclaims I... It's not in this egocentric way that our, my English teacher wanted to rid me of. It was to focus upon our responsibility before God. And so that's what this is about. It's about taking personal responsibility. And there are some here that are very young communicant members. And so this is the communion meditation. This is not a time for you young people who will partake of this bread and wine to just space out and play or draw on your papers. You need to listen. You need to pay attention because this is for you. If you sought communion, you must actively participate in communion. And that's what this is all about. So, I, I have. So here immediately you see it's past tense. I have. So something has been done already. I have set the Lord always before me. So that's the past tense, what it's being referred to. This has already been done. It's already taken care of. David has done this. I have set. This isn't just thinking. This is action. I have set the Lord. So see, he is making himself accountable to God by doing something. He has actively set the Lord before him. The Lord. No other substitute. The Lord. I've set the Lord before me. And then when he says before me, what does he mean? I have set the Lord before me. Now, in Hinduism, that would be easy, right? I could get one of my many gods and find a spot for him on my shelf. I've set the Lord before me. But that's not obviously what David is talking about. David is speaking about a figurative path for his life, and he is filling that path with God. He has set the Lord before him. He will go that way now. He knows the way he's supposed to go. He's supposed to go toward the Lord. And he is pursuing that vision of God that he has set up on his path. So if he's picked the wrong path, he's not going to place God on that path. He's running from God. God is on the good path. I have set the Lord always. Always. And so here you see his persistence. Yesterday is not good enough for David. Today is a new day. There are battles today. David was a warrior. 
He calls all of us to be warriors. So what you did yesterday for God is not good enough. What you did yesterday in submitting yourself to him and giving yourself over to him is not good enough. You must do it every day. You must fight. You must finish that fight well. I have set the Lord always before me. So the next sentence reads, Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Now, this is a little awkward. And so I want to rephrase it in the way that we'd normally state something. I shall not be moved because he is at my right hand. So why did David start with the because? He wants to emphasize the split. He wants to emphasize that this is a because that points to cause and effect. And he's drawing your minds, our minds, to that disjunction. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. He is. Because he is. Present tense. He is at my right hand. See, we began with past tense. I have set the Lord before me. Now it's present tense. He is at my right hand. And what does at my right hand mean? At my right hand is a position of honor, a position of dependence. Uh, Lee, uh, Robert E. Lee, the general uh, for the Confederacy, when uh, Stonewall Jackson was wounded at Chancellorsville, Later that night, they had to amputate his arm because it had become infected. It was un- they were unable to repair it. And he then said, after he'd heard that his left arm had been amputated, he'd said, Jackson has lost his left hand. I have, I have lost my right. So see, he was so dependent upon Jackson, and he had been for over a year, that he felt he lost his right hand. He now could not be as effective as he could have been. And then later, he lost Jackson, totally. He died of that infection a few days later. So he then fully lost Jackson. He was not out of commission temporarily, but unavailable to him permanently. But see, what does it mean when we say that God is at our right hand? Does it mean that God is at our beck and call like Jackson was to Lee? No. No, that's not the sense in which this... But it is the sense in which Lee was dependent Upon Jackson. David was dependent upon God fully, completely, to where God was at his right hand. He was the one that accomplished all of his victories for him. So, because he is at my right hand, I shall not. So, see, now we'd begun with past tense, we'd moved into present tense, and now we're moving into future tense. I shall not. So, he's confident in this. I shall not. Be moved. So remember earlier I spoke about David being on the path, God placing, uh, him placing God on the path before him, and now he's cons- persisting in following that path. And he says, I shall not be moved. Can you commit to that as David did? Can you commit to following God on the path that God has placed you? That's what David did. That's what he urges us to do. So see, this verse focuses upon past, present, future. Our steadfast service in the path, I have set the Lord always before me. That's something you should have done before today when you were coming to communion. I have set the Lord before me. He is at my right hand. So in other words, what I have done now makes God available 
to me. God makes himself available to us in this position of inferiority in many ways in which Christ came to this earth, humbled himself. God continues to humble himself in making himself available to us. But do we avail ourselves of him, of his strength? To the degree that we don't, we're not relying upon him as he intends us to rely upon him. So the present tense is, he is at my right hand. Because I have placed him before me, he is at my right hand. Where is God? There is a children's catechism that says, where is God? Now, what's the proper answer? It's like for one-year-olds. Where is God? But this says, God is here, doesn't it? So see, God is there. Yes, he's in heaven, but he's here too. He's right here at my right hand with me as my friend, as my confidant, as my savior. So now also we go on to the future. I shall not be moved. I have set the Lord before me. He is at my right hand. I am not moving from this path. This is the path God has given me. I will follow it. So now in the Lord's table, we have the same thing. You have the past. You have Christ's service. And when you read, especially the New Testament, of course, in the old you have to infer what is being implied through prophecy, but in the new you see Christ's death, Christ's death, Christ's death. It is Christ's death that has purchased our lives from the doom that they were destined to. So it is Christ's death that's memorialized in this meal. In 1 Corinthians 15.3, Christ died for our sins. And in the present, it is Christ's presence. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So we are in Christ, and Christ is also in us. Just like in his high priestly prayer, he speaks to God, his Father, of being in him, and yet him being in him, in one another. And he goes to great lengths to explain that, to revel in that. And he expects us to do the same. We are in him. Here as one body, we are one body, one molecule of the body of Christ. And yet, he is also in us. He's this flame, the Holy Spirit in us, Christ in us, such that we are his servants, we are his body. And then again, always. In our text, it's, I shall not be moved. In 1 Thessalonians 4.17, it says, thus... We shall always be with the Lord. It's when he's talking to the Thessalonians about their fear of having been left behind. And he said, oh, no, in the twinkling of an eye, this will happen. And then we shall always be with the Lord. So, see, that's future. That's the future that awaits us. We have a future here on earth that is our destiny, that is that path that David speaks of. But then there is this goal state of being with God forever. So when we come to communion, that's what we celebrate. We celebrate Christ's victory over sin, his purchase of our redemption. We celebrate the strength that God now gives us in this earth to continue that good fight. And we celebrate the future that awaits us in heaven. And so as we come forward and take of this bread and this wine, remember that it is a memorial, but it is also strength for the journey. And it is the goal that we seek. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word, and we pray, Lord, that we would uh, avail ourselves of it, that we would avail ourselves of you being at our right hand, uh, ours to assist us in the struggles that we face each day. And so we pray, Lord, that you would give us strength, that you would give us a determination.
to please you in all that we do, to seek your will above our own will. We thank you now, Lord. We thank you for this food that's before us, and we pray that you would bless it to our spiritual bodies. In Christ's name and for his sake, amen.